Hello again, as you may or may not know, I am Eli the Computer Guy and INE has invited me down to their Durham, North Carolina office to interview many of the technology and IT professionals in the area. So I'm here with Sharanya uh, Prasad today. What is it? The Solutions Test Engineer at Cisco. Yep. Yeah. So can you tell me, what is, what is a Solutions Test Engineer at Cisco? So basically, we do a lot of testing okay. uh, of the latest products that Cisco has. Yeah. So we basically fall in their entire life cycle, like okay. before they sell the product and after they sell the product. Okay. So after they sell the product, we try to uh, emulate the customer's environment and yeah. see how our product fits in, if any latest releases could be introduced in it, hmm. or if any additional features could be added to that. So okay. we're just trying to see how we can better their environment and yeah. we're also testing our new products against their existing environments. Interesting. So do you, uh, do they tell you what you should test or do you just kind of get to go in and play all day? Um, it, it depends. Like if they want certain kinds of uh, improvements in their network, we yeah. see what we can add to it. Yeah. Or else if we have a product that we want to test, so we just go ahead and test it and then we say, look, this is going to improve your productivity by this much. Okay. So do you want to yeah. want it in your network? So that kind of thing. That's cool. So on the whole Cisco certification scale, where are you? Do you have CCNA or CCMP? Or yeah, I actually, uh, funnily, I got my vCenter certification, VCP certifications first. Oh, okay. Uh, well. I'm almost about to get my CCNA, but I do see myself trying to get a CCIE I'm in the process. Okay. So maybe a year from now, yeah. because that's how long it takes. So That's cool. So, so you, don't, you don't have your CCNA yet? I don't. But you work for Cisco? Yes. So how, how does that work out? How, how can you work with Cisco and, or for Cisco and not have a CCNA? I mean, I pretty much know the entire content for CCNA. Like okay. I've prepared my entire route and switch completely. Yeah. It's just that I haven't written the exam. Okay. And it was also because I was thinking, should I like directly write my CCIE or should I write my CCNA first? Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, I'm getting a lot of hands-on. Like right yeah. now at the company, we're working hands-on with like most of these products and all these protocols and all these new stuff that's coming out. Yeah. So I don't feel like I lack something without a certification. Like mm. I can pretty much do everything that a CCNA can do. So. Okay. I don't really lack anything because I don't have the certification, but yeah. of course it's good to have the certifications to just, you know, tell people, see, I have this. <laughs> yeah. so. All right. so at Cisco, so we've talked with a lot of people that already have their CCIEs and all that. And so that once they have that level, they say Cisco is very supportive. Mm -hmm. But from your position looking up, how supportive does Cisco look? Does it seem like something like getting a CCIE is relatively reasonable to do? Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially, so it depends totally upon what you're working right now. Yeah. For some people, they don't have access to a lot of things. For mm. example, now that I'm working with ACI, I can I have like hands on on ACI. Mm. I can actually see all the features. I can work with it. I can do whatever I want with it and learn yeah. it much better than someone who has to like probably buy a subscription or just read about it on the internet. Yeah. So I think I have the advantage that I have uh, direct access and I'm actually working on it. Hmm. So I think that makes a huge difference, yeah. even for CCIE, like if I'm doing hands-on stuff, then yeah. there's nothing like it, as opposed to just reading stuff, because that's not gonna help too much when it comes to the, doing the actual labs and stuff. Yeah. So do you get to, because you say, so your department, you get to work on the ACI, are you able to work in other departments if you need new experience, or? Um, yeah, sometimes, like uh, they have these, um, uh, they have these projects where, uh, 
my manager will lend me out to another department for okay. a certain uh, area, you know, yeah. if they want some help with something. I, I'm always available to do that. But it all comes back to like what you're doing in your team because yeah. I mean, I got to finish what I'm doing in my team first. And yeah. if, and also if the project in the other team has more importance out of that something I've already worked on and I already know, then mm. I can go help out with that. Right. So it all depends on that. Is, is, are those things that you can volunteer? Can you tell your boss you want that or is it more your boss just comes in and goes, you out? Um, <laughs> I haven't really tried that, but I think it's pretty flexible. Okay. Uh, we do have a cloud solutions team too, which I've been very interested in. So, yeah. I mean, I could try that. I don't really know. So then, so you started, so you have a telecommunications tele engineering degree. Mm -hmm. Oh my golly, from Vis, Vis, Visvaria? Techno yeah. Technological yeah. University? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so telecommunication, so like normally when you think of, of degrees, at least here in the US, you think of computer science, mm -hmm. information systems, maybe computer engineering. Yep. So what's a telecommunications engineering degree then? So basically, uh, initially when I actually saw telecommunications, I thought maybe they're just doing this to bump up the numbers because you can only have this many people in the electronics batch. Huh. And I just thought this was an extension of the electronics or electrical branch to, you know, get more people involved in, you know, get more students in the university. But yeah. turns out we did have a lot of extra uh, electives. Like yeah. we had computer communication networking, which uh, tech, uh, electrical engineering doesn't have. Hmm. We had SATCOM. Hmm. Um, we had a little bit of wireless too. Okay. Uh, we did a, a little bit of wireless technologies. Uh, hmm. You know, we did like basic GSM, CDMA. We studied those things too. Yeah. So we did, it all depended on what elective we chose. Hmm. Uh, if we chose the same electives as the electrical people, we would just be doing another electrical engineering degree. But we chose okay. those electives so that we get a little more into telecom. Okay. Yeah. So then what, what got you into wanting to do telecommunications engineering? What got you into wanting to do that program? Um, actually, uh, like, so my dad's an electronics guy. So yeah. he works in uh, electrical and he does all circuits and all control theory and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. uh, I was really interested in anything to do with electricity. Like it really, uh, you know, interested me a lot. Yeah. So I initially thought maybe I should do something like you know, analog electronics or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I got into this telecom program with the mindset that I'll only take these electives which will, you know, go, go for an electrical degree. Yeah. But then I also started getting uh, very interested in computer networks and stuff like that. Okay. So I slowly started moving that direction and then we had this really awesome SATCOM course yeah. which totally interested me. So I was okay. like, let's just take it. So you know the curiosity just to see what's this, what's this, that kind of led into a telecommunications path. It's not like I voluntarily went for it. Yeah. It's just what interested me the most. Okay. So. so when you're over there, when you're, when you're getting your degree, like in the US, like I guess in Europe, you're kind of you're slotted for one university or another. Obviously here in the US, you just go to wherever you can afford. Right. How, do, how does that work in India? Like did you, was there much option in where you could go? Were you, were you kind of like, you will go to this school? How did that work out? Uh, in India, it's, it's, I think it's very hard to get into some of the good schools because there are yeah. so many people competing. Yeah. And they have these really tough uh, entrance exams, hmm. which, you know, for example, if I want to, like for an engineering exam, I would be preparing like two, three years before. And especially yeah. if you want to get into a university like the IITs or something, yeah, people yeah. actually start at eighth grade. So they have like 
a good four years of preparation yeah, and yeah. like even then it's really hard to get through because of just because of the number of people that are competing. Yeah. So uh, for me, it was all about clearing this entrance exam yeah. in order to get like to a decent college and a decent course. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I didn't have any interest in doing chemical engineering or something yeah. like that. I really wanted to be either in electronics or computer science. Those were like my two only options. Okay, yeah. For that, you know, whatever it took, like I had to put, put in that effort and, you yeah. know, get into that university. And even when you get into the university, I did not get electronics. I got telecom because that was second preferred. Because okay. I didn't have the rank enough to get into electronics. So. Oh, okay. So did you once you pass a test? Did you have an option between universities then? Did you have I a did. couple? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely did. Okay. Um, it's just the, I chose this because it was closer to my place, I guess. Oh, okay. Fair yeah. enough. And then from there, you went to um, actually University of Maryland College Park yes. and got a master's degree in telecommunications mm -hmm. engineering. Um, so you like telecommunications engineering. Why, I guess, why did you decide on the U.S. and why did you decide on uh, University of Maryland College Park? Okay, so I really wanted to come to the U.S. It was okay. not. Uh, it was not only that I wanted to get a master's degree. Yeah. I was actually very happy to just start working right after my undergrad. Okay. That's actually what I wanted. I wanted to like start working, dive in, get the hands-on experience because I think experience can you know sometimes outweigh even a degree. Like yeah. if you know how to do it, you know how to do it. Yeah. It's, it's not like you have the certificate which certifies you to you know tells you that you can do it. So I so that's why I I. I did my master's primarily because I thought it was a very fast way of coming to the US and start working here. Okay. I knew that after nine months of getting into your master's program, you can start working at least part time, yeah. you know, at least in a, in a start, in a, you know, internship position or something. So, uh, and I really wanted to work in the US because I felt like there are so many innovations here and hmm. like whatever technology comes out, I get to see it first. Like I see, hmm. get to see, I'll be the first one to see it yeah. uh, because that slowly filters out everywhere else, right? So okay. I thought, you know, it'll be a good way to start off in the US. Um, and University of Maryland, um, I guess because it was a public university, yeah. I got a lot of, the, the fee was much cheaper. <laughs> and also the school is really good, like uh, ranking wise, it's yeah. amazing. Like it has a very good ranking. Okay. It has a great telecom course. And yeah. very importantly, the telecom course there is very industry oriented rather than a thesis. So I didn't yeah. do a thesis. I just did a lot of courses and I did a lot of hands-on uh, work. Yeah. So I didn't do a thesis. I didn't have to go into the theory of it and spend a lot of time doing the thesis which is what I wanted because I really wanted to get in the industry as soon as possible. Oh, okay. So it worked out that way. So then how did that work out with you? Because, you know, after September 11th, obviously the immigration policy has just gone to hell. Mm -hmm. um, and so how, how have you felt with all of that? Because you, you hear a lot, of, a lot of foreign people don't want to come to the U.S. anymore. Yep. So was that actually an issue for you? Uh, not at all. Like, yeah. I didn't feel it at any point. Really? Yeah. I read all these things that, you know, there might be some forms of racism. But I have, yeah. honestly, I've never felt it. Like, hmm. uh, people have been um, very straightforward about things. Um, yeah. If you know your stuff, they'll give you the respect to deserve no matter what. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very common in the IT industry especially. They'll, if, if you know what you're doing, if they think you're good, if 
they will give you the respect you deserve. They will mm -hmm. never be like, okay, you don't belong to this place, so we're not gonna treat you the same way. Mm -hmm. I have never experienced that. Even with the university, in fact, like, I think uh, we had 120 people in our batch in okay. my masters, yeah. and I think like 80 people were Indians. <laughs> so I, I literally felt like I was studying in India. Like I look sure. back in my class and I see only like Indians yeah. and others. So I didn't really ever feel that. Yeah, okay, but what about things like you know going back home for the holidays or whatever? You you hear about that where college students they go back home and then they get back on a flight and they're just gonna go back to school and then they can't get back in. Yes. Have you run into any of that, that oh, kind of yeah. paperwork issue? Oh yeah, that has issue? been the oh. biggest fear of my life okay. because I have a huge loan on my master's and I have to return it and yeah. I th that you know the dollar to in rupee conversion is terrible so yeah. I did not want to take that chance ever but okay. it has been really tough because the flight rates are crazy to yeah. go back and yeah. you only get like even if you get to go you get to go like for like two three weeks and you're like not you're like, I don't want to go back. I want one more week of holiday, but you can't do that. Yeah. And also, uh, like you said, right? Like when I finished my degree, yeah. I wanted to go back and visit my parents. Um, but what happened was they said that if you don't have a job as soon as you graduate, mm -hmm. and if you try to go without having a job, you won't be let back. Like that yeah. is a known fact. They'll be like, you don't have a job, right? So what are you going to do coming back? Like, even mm -hmm. if I tell them I'm going to look for jobs, they're going to be like, no, like that's not happening. Wow, okay. So I had to make sure I had a job, yeah. a stable job. I got like several letters from my employer mm -hmm. and I got like a travel certificate from my university. Mm -hmm. um, I got a co copies of my pay stub and wow. a lot of documents. Yeah. And even when I came here, uh, I had a separate entry process yeah. because I was no more a student. So they, they took me to a separate entry process. There was a small interview we had yeah. and uh, I saw them asking s some of the people to actually write code to like just prove oh, that they're computer science engineers <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, them asking why do you why are you taking so long to write a piece of code like yeah. oh, did you really do computer science I was like what really <laughs> so it was pretty scary but okay. thankfully nothing you know bad happened during that process so then now so do you have a visa or a green card I have a visa. So a visa. right now I'm yeah. on my student practical training visa. It's called OPT. Okay. But I have also applied for my work visa, which is going to come very shortly, hopefully. It's a lottery system. You never know who's going to get it. So oh, okay. it's purely based on luck. Oh, so yeah. if I'm lucky enough, I'm going to get my work visa in a couple of months. Um, so how long, the, the OPT visa? Yes, so uh, this is OPT, student practical training. So how, how long does that last for? That's actually, um, I'm kind of confused about that because they <laughs> initially said it's for 17 months. Okay. And then there was this whole rumor that, oh, they're going to like cut out this practical training and you're going to get only one year or something. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, really? And now they're like, no, don't worry, you have 24 months of uh, practical training. So I'm like... Oh. Like, just give me a number, okay? I'm going to plan my yeah. visa status by then. Like, oh, okay. So I think I have like two, two chances to apply for a work visa. If okay. I don't get it, then I have to go back. Okay. Yeah. Do you think, would you go back to India or would you go back, like, would you try to go to Europe or somewhere else um, or like Canada? I think I would definitely go back to India. No, it has, okay. it, the, the thought has crossed me my, my head a lot of times. When I graduated, I actually considered going back. Yeah. Um, uh, only the reason being that there's so much technology back there too. And, yeah. um, you know, it's easier to like, if I want to do my own thing, it's very yeah. easy to start up. There's a very small... 
you know, capital fee that I have to pay initially uh, yeah. to start up something, and it's easier to hire people. I don't the because because of the dollar to rupee conversion, yeah. there's very little amount that I have yeah. to spend in order to start something there as okay. versus here. Okay. There are a lot more regulations here. Hmm. So if I one day decide that I want to work for myself, yeah. I think I'll just go back there and okay. try to do something. Is it that much easier? Because I mean, I, I I hear the Republican newspaper, I read the Wall Street Journal, and they, mm -hmm. they talk. Uh, oh crap, Modi. Modi is the new president. Yes, yes, I'm getting that right. But I thought that was a thing. Is he was trying to get rid of a lot of the bureaucracy because one of the complaints was it was hard to start businesses in India because apparently there's so many levels of bureaucracy. But you don't you don't think it's that bad? Um, it, it may be. I mean, in a big company, there may be a lot of levels of bureaucracy that's possible. Yeah. But I think, um, like I said, see, for for example, if I'm paying ten workers in India, yeah. as opposed, I'll be probably paying the the same salary as I'm paying like two workers here, right? Mm, so okay. because of the conversion rate, nothing else. So, yeah, yeah. and I mean, I I think there are a lot of lot of coders and a lot of tech people out there too. So. Yeah. It's not difficult. I don't think it's going to be difficult. Yeah. I think I'll be very comfortable doing it, in fact. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. So then going to school in the US and going to school in India, um, mm -hmm. obviously doing what I do, I hear a lot of communication from Indians and Americans, mm -hmm. and they all beat each other up about Indian <laughs> schools are the best, no US schools are the best, no US is horrible, no India is horrible. Since you actually went engineering mm -hmm. in both places, mm -hmm. how, how did you feel that the education stacked up? Um, it it so I I did different levels of educations like I did my undergrad in India and I did my masters here. Yeah. Um, I think I loved both the places. Yeah, um, okay. It's just I feel if you want to learn, you yeah. learn in whatever system there is. Okay. Um, and I think in India we we are kind of. Um, we're, we're given these uh, really complex subjects very early on. Yeah. Like in school, I remember studying like really uh, complex mathematics and stuff like when I was in seventh, eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. I don't know if it's the same here because uh, I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah <no>. so, <laughs> but, but I think that kind of prepares you like, it, I know it's very challenging for a kid, but I think it gives you a lot of confidence and especially the, the thing I told you about that you have all these competitive exams where so many people are competing. Yeah. You see, you go from a level of, can I do this? I'm only this young to, I have to do this. Look at how many people are doing this. So yeah. you have this example basis, you see so many people doing it. Uh, and you see so many engineering graduates around you and yeah. every other person is an engineer or a doctor or something. So you have this level of expectation set for yourself. So okay. that kind of drives you more in India. Yeah. And here I feel it's more like the person, the individual interest that, you know, a person when he gets into a degree, he gets into it because he really wants it. Like yeah. he's really interested and passionate about studying that subject. Yeah. And I feel in India it's more like, oh man, everyone's getting it, I have to do it too. Yeah, so okay. I see that's the difference. But yeah. as far as quality of education goes, I think both were really good. Yeah, okay. um, and yeah, it, it, it was probably the same, I think. Oh, yeah. So do you plan, since you got your master's degree pretty quickly, do you plan to go for your PhD or? I don't think so, no. You, no, don't think so, no. why, why is that? Uh, because I just want to like start working and get my hands on and okay. do a lot of stuff yeah. rather than, like I'm not saying PhD people don't do stuff, but I don't want to go through again studying and taking courses yeah. because right now everything's available online. Mm. Whatever you want to learn, you can learn it online, you can pay for it and learn it online, but you can do it in your own time yeah. and you don't have to like 
go to university and submit assignments. I don't want to have to do that. I want to have that time to like work on something and learn something new on my own and get hands-on experience. Okay. So I don't think so. But what about what about like in ten years or fifteen years? Um, <laughs> I don't see myself doing it. Right. Um, curiously, then, because you know, there's a big question about you know females in the tech industry. And again, since you were, you went to school in India and here, did you notice any differences about being a female learning learning engineering mm. in either of the places? Sometimes, mm. um, not too often. I mean, like. I, not in school. I don't think in school it's never. I've ever. I've never felt like that. Um, yeah, okay. Neither the professors or the students have ever made me feel like that. Yeah. But when I actually worked, like when I did an internship or when I did it, sometimes I did feel like um, I was given a little bit different atmosphere that compared to the other people. Like if there were four four men in the room and I was like the only girl, right? Yeah. So they would they would probably like decide amongst themselves and assume that it was fine with me or something. Hmm. I mean, sometimes it's very rare, like in, I can like count it off my fingers how many times it's happened. So it's been yeah. very rare, okay. but I have felt it sometimes. Like yeah. sometimes they feel like, maybe I can't do this. So maybe they should do this. I'm like, no, I can do it. Like yeah. I, I can definitely do it. Don't worry about it. So, but usually it's been good. Like hmm. I've uh, not had any such problems usually. Is there something like in your upbringing? Because that's one of the questions that, that comes up with getting more females in the field is mm -hmm. because most guys that I know, we would actually like more females in the field. And mm -hmm. since you're here, is there something like since your father was an engineer, is there something like he passed down to you to make you more interested? Yeah, or, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. like, like I said, so he actually works for the space agency in India. Okay. So mm -hmm. he took me several times to office and I've seen all these satellites wrapped up in this golden paper <laughs> looking yeah. awesome. And yeah. it gave me, I, it made me so curious about things. And when he, he used to go for these launches, he used to sit there and he used to like tell me, hey, this is happening. Yeah. The, the rocket's about to be launched. I'm like, wow, how does this get launched? So that kind of curiosity, I think it's very important to, okay. for that to be built up yeah. rather than just tell people go get this degree like what is the incentive right like yeah. everyone has to do a job after a degree they might as well do some other job right <laughs> yeah, okay. so I think the only way is to like build curiosity and I think my parents did that at a very young age they okay. built a lot of curiosity in me and my dad used to like randomly out of the blue ask me questions like so how do you think current is flowing to this whatever yeah. I'm like I don't know he's like <laughs> there are electrons inside it. I'm like, really? Where? Like, like yeah. as a kid, he built that curiosity in me. So okay. I think that really helped. Yeah. Um, and even now, I only function because of curiosity. Hmm. Because you can't tell me to do something and I'm not going to blindly do it yeah. unless I see some use in it. If okay. I'm curious, I'll do it. I'll learn yeah. more and try to explore more. Oh. So it's definitely the upbringing. And they've never been like, you're a girl, so do only these things. They okay. have always been like, go and go at it fully like don't you don't have to stop because of anything yeah. you are as good as anyone else so cool. it's always been like that for me cool cool so then okay so you have i guess one of the things so so languages that's curious so english hindi and canada canada canada, yeah. uh, canada. does that help you out at all um in your in your professional life knowing those other languages um i don't know maybe mentally like uh, it's good for me, like it's like a practice, like I switch from English to Kannada just like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's good. I feel proud about myself for that. Yeah. But at work, like most people speak English, so okay. I don't uh, unless I know like some some 
maybe if i know canada and i speak to someone in canada for technical purposes it yeah. might make it might be useful yeah um and i was trying to learn german too for the same reason so oh, that okay. i can be employed in germany if need be if yeah. i'm interested or something okay but otherwise it's pretty much like everybody speaks english so as long yeah. as you're fluent in that it's yeah. good enough so i guess that's yeah how valuable do you feel other languages are because it was funny cuz I, i was saying before you know i was mm-hmm. backpacking through india and I remember I was on a train once, and so I'm on the train, I'm talking to all the Indians, and then uh, I was telling them I had like this little Hindi book, and so okay. I was trying to learn Hindi. And again, it was, it was the most hilarious thing in the world, you only get this when you actually travel other places, and I'm talking to this woman, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm learning Hindi. Okay. And she just looks me straight in the eye and goes, why? And I was like, what do you mean? She says, we all speak English, and there's like right. 1,600 official languages, so just, just put the Hindi book away. And I was like, but I'm, I'm trying to be a good American. Right. Um, so how, how do you feel about that, especially being foreign? I mean, is it good enough just to know English nowadays? Is that... Mm, it is good to know English, yeah. but it's definitely an advantage if you know other languages. Okay. People look at you and they'll be like, awesome, she can speak so many languages. So uh-huh. that's one thing. Yeah. Also, you can, if, if there is someone who speaks the language you speak, then you can connect way better like you know yeah, you can okay. start speaking in that language and it's so much more fun sort of <laughs> okay. to just switch between the two languages i think yeah. it's it's definitely an incentive it's more it's more like a, it's fun to learn a new language and converse in that language yeah. and you know i think it's it's good oh cool so then you have a lot of projects here so when you do linkedin you can you mm-hmm. can put down projects and most people will say like one project so you've got like five or six here mm-hmm. so are these projects you did at university or like when you just have projects on here what what does a project mean a project um okay this is my definition i don't know if this is linkedin's <laughs> definition yeah yeah uh so whenever i worked um, with you know whenever i've worked towards a certain goal and reached the goal and got the results and yeah. reported the results that for me is a project okay so for example when i was in my undergrad i did an internship at a space at the space agency yeah, yeah. and uh, we were working towards establishing a certain fact and then we established that and got the results so that i've put as a project oh, I see. Okay. so uh, similarly like whenever i've worked on a certain thing i've yeah. put that as a product project So when you've gone for interviews have have these projects ever come up have yep. have people stated oh you did that yeah even oh, okay. if it's so not it's very relevant to the job yeah. they have asked me to uh, like okay. see because what they i mean it's all the same thing right you they know that i have the capability to do something so mm. that's what matters it's not like i have to be subject expert in what they're doing yeah. i have to have the capability to see through till the end a particular thing and be yeah. you know have that persistence to finish it and the detail oriented personality in me they want to yeah. see all that so they've definitely asked me oh, okay cool cool so then okay so you get out of school and then so wait a minute so so wait a first you're a trainee at BSNL which mm-hmm. is a tele- telephone company yes. in India So that was that was while you were still in India. Yes. Yeah, well obviously. Um so how did you get that job? How did that work out? Uh that was more like a it was more like a certification course. So I have okay. like a certification from them. Uh-huh. They taught us about uh basic telecom like you know we were very uh, curious about how f- telephones work like yeah. 
how mobile phones had just come in. So I was like, yeah. what? Like, how am I getting this wirelessly? How is this even happening? It's like magic, right? Yeah. So they, they taught us about GSM, CDMA, okay. uh, basic. Uh, I don't think LTA had quite rolled on to India that much yeah. then. But they did teach us some basics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a signal processing background. Like, mm-hmm. I was very interested in signal processing. So that kind of helped too. Yeah. Because that's how this all works. So. Yeah, yeah. They taught us all that. They took us to a base station. I remember they took us to a base station, showed us, you know, what is a base station, what does it do, how does it connect to the rest of the components in the whole uh, telecoms uh, system and all that. So. So then, so then that was a job or that was an education, is like apprenticeship uh, or is it? It was not a job. It was yeah. yeah it was like an apprenticeship. Yeah, it was training me to get into a yeah. job like that. Okay. So yeah. was that was that part of your college education program, or was that something no, else? No, it entirely? was separate. It was my own interest. Like yeah. I enrolled in it because I wanted to know how you get a basic. What happens when you get a basic telephone call, right? What yeah. are the components involved? So oh. that's that's why I took it up. So then, so how did you find find an opportunity like that? Um, they, I think they have these. Uh, courses every year okay. uh, for people who are interested oh, okay. uh, it's it's I think it's about a month long and they teach you like the basics first and they take you on, on site they yeah. show you all these components hmm. so uh, I think I just registered I heard of it and I was like wow this is perfect like I'm yeah. gonna learn so much okay. I'm gonna see an into an actual telephone providers you know, yeah. equipment okay. so I just registered for it and then from there, you went to, and you interned at the Indian Space Research Organization. Yes. So that's the equivalent of NASA, right? Yes, or in India, yes. Yeah, okay, just make sure there's not exactly. a different one. Um, and you were five months there. So how did you, was that simply because your father was there, you were able to get into that? Or how were you able to get uh, into I, that? I, like I said, I, ha- I always had this interest in signal processing. Okay. Um, and he, he knew like a couple of uh, departments where they were doing hardcore signal processing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wanted to do an internship somewhere. So I said, uh, hey, can I try and get into this? So he said, yeah, sure, let me try. And he yeah. spoke to a few of his colleagues and they said, uh, so what do you know? They, they called me in and said, what, what do you know? What are you interested in doing? What kind of project do you want to do? And they told me the options they had. And they said, I did something called polyphase filters. Okay. Um, and it was it was pretty hard. Like, <laughs> I had no idea. Like, I, I had very basic signal processing knowledge at that time. So it was very hardcore. Yeah. So it helped me learn a lot. Okay. Um, it was a very good experience. And it was my first sort of hands-on so yeah. it gave me an idea of how to uh, make reports okay. how to study data how yeah. to get results stuff like that so now here in the u.s when you do an internship a lot of times that can actually turn into a job yes. was that the same way there like you left sort after of, five yeah. months but could yeah. you have turned try to turn definitely into a job? if i yeah. if i had uh, pursued it yeah. like after my uh, after my undergrad if i had like continued I could have probably continued there, okay. but they do have a very strong, very uh, difficult uh, entrance process. Yeah, okay. I did try giving that. I didn't pass the first time. Yeah, okay. And then I was like, okay, maybe I can try it the next time. But then by then I had already come to the U.S. So in India with tech jobs, mm-hmm. so like here in the U.S. it was considered, you know, if you look back in the 1970s, you wanted to be with the government because they had the best tech. And mm-hmm. then the 80s, 90s, now you want to be in, in private industry. Yep. So how are government technology jobs seen in India? Do you want to be in the private industry? Do you want to be in the government industry? Yeah, that's actually a really good question because yeah. I, was, I was actually thinking of being in the government tech industry only because it's extremely safe. Yeah. They don't lay you off just like 
like that like it happens in the private sector yeah. and you get a lot of benefits you know like my dad gets uh, medical benefits mm -hmm. we get travel once a year like everything's paid for like it's amazing yeah, yeah. so you get that kind of benefits and it's very safe you know to see in that point of view but i yeah. think over time the the idea of you know a job has changed so much like yeah. before people wanted a job because they wanted a, a stable income uh, yeah. you know they wanted this much benefits they were they knew they had every day they could take care of their living expenses and all that but now it's more like people are getting really passionate about what they're doing i mean not yeah. that they were not before yeah. but people are more like you know i think people just get bored more now so okay. they're like I want to do it only if I want to do it. Like I'm mm. not going to force myself to do something, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, in in and also I think in the private uh, industry we have a lot more uh, what do you say freedom to choose what we want. Like yeah. there are so many different types of jobs you can choose from yeah. as opposed to only a certain set of them. So I think uh, the mindset of people has just changed a lot now. Mm. Like I would definitely want to be in the private sector only because I can choose what exactly what I want to do. Yeah. So then you went from there, and for almost a year, you're a research uh, assistant at the Indian Institute of Science. Mm -hmm. um, so how did, how did that work out? How did you get that job? Yeah, that was yeah. signal processing too. Okay, um, yeah. I was uh, I was very interested in uh, you know just basic signal processing, voice processing, and yeah. speech processing and stuff like that. Okay. So I knew there was an opening, and uh, I had an interview for that. But the thing is, I actually wanted to come to the U.S. right after my undergrad. Okay. But I didn't write the exam. I didn't write GRE in my undergrad, so I couldn't right. come right after. Uh, so I wanted. I I did not want to work in a proper industry industry setting yeah. because I thought you know I'm gonna like I I want to learn more with research right now. Yeah. So I went. This was a research institute, and we did a lot of uh, speech uh, text to speech uh, processing. So oh, cool. we had yeah, text, yeah. and we had the computer like read it out into speech. Yeah. We had like slowing down. Speeding up of speech and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it was a good experience, and that's probably when I learned that I don't want to do a PhD because <laughs> it was filled with a lot of PhD people, and yeah. I saw how much. I, like I'm not the kind of person who can shut herself up in a room yeah. and study the whole day or research on a particular topic the whole day. I want to yeah. be able to talk to a lot of people, interact, yeah. you know, get my opinions out, get their opinions back, yeah. try to understand the whole how the system is working, what's latest and what's good, what's better. Yeah. So I think for me that was the deciding point that no, I don't want to do a PhD. I want to jump in and start working. Yeah, okay. So then, okay, so from there, so that's when you come, but wait a minute, so wait a minute, okay. So that's when you come here for your master's degree, and then you start working at, this is the American one too, Grown, Zrones, Zrones, Zrones. Yes. it's X-R-O-N-Z. Yeah, oh, okay. it's Zrones. Zrones. <laughs> <laughs> so you work for software and Wi-Fi intro at Zrones. Uh -huh. So what was Zrones? Zrones. Zrones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I did, when I came for my master's, the first yeah. year I did a lot of uh, Wi-Fi, LTE and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this was a this was a Wi-Fi kind of role. Yeah. What we did was we had a chip on the on the drone. The it was drone. a company, <laughs> so a drone company. drone company. We had a chip on the drone yeah. which would uh, produce Wi-Fi, and okay. your phone could connect to that Wi-Fi and control the drone with that. Okay. Yeah. So there were two things I did. One was sort of trying to set up the chip within the drone and get it to 
uh, you know, mm. get the Wi-Fi going. Yeah. And the other side was actually writing a pro Android program for the phone to control the movement of the drone. We also had functions like the drone would take videos wherever it went. Yeah. So like to process the video, to like get it into a suitable format for us to see, yeah. stuff like that. So I did both parts. But it was a very small company, like yeah. a guy who was actually doing his PhD had started it up. Okay. So like there were like four people and yeah. he was like literally living in his office. So <laughs> that because he was trying to save money for <laughs> yeah. the company. Yeah, yeah. So it was very few of us, which worked out for me because I learned so much more because I had my role involved so much. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it was good. So then so you're doing you're helping with the Android app development. Mm -hmm. Did you learn that in school or did you then learn that no, on your own? No, I just learned it on my own. Like yeah. there, were, there were a lot of courses on Coursera at that point on Android development. I think wow. there was a series which had three for mobile, for just normal and stuff like that. Yeah. So I did that course uh, and okay. that's where I learned and then I just tried it at the <laughs> company. <laughs> that's fair enough. But then you only stayed there for three months. Yes. Do you just not like it or was that? No, like actually it was officially only for three months because yeah. it was my summer break. So yeah, we had okay. three months so I could do full time. Yeah. So I think I did like, what, 70 hours a week or something. I mean, yeah. it was not paid for 70 hours, oh, we were only paid yeah. for 40 hours because I was, that was allowed only for 40 hours. Yeah. But I, I worked a lot. And then after that, uh, like when my, uh, when, I, when my university started up again, I had yeah. a job on campus. Okay. So I would like help him out now and then, or mm. if he wanted something to be done, he would send it out across to me and I would try and, try and help him out. Okay. But it was not like a continuous effort. Even though I helped him, like I think at almost six months after that, yeah. I I didn't really. It was not official. I was I wasn't paid for it. Yeah, it was okay. more like, you know, you did it, so just do some more for me. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you did such a good job working for free. I want some more work. Uh, it was an experience for me, so I didn't really complain. So so how did you find out about that then? Uh, I think they'd come to our co college fair, like our yeah, college. Okay. Uh, career fair yeah. um, and I, I think I'd even forgotten to apply but he sent me out a mail saying hey you submitted your resume are you mm. still interested okay. and uh, since I didn't have any other offers at that point from yeah. any other companies I was like yeah okay let's give it a try it's experience okay. so it just went for it. That's cool and then you did IT tech support yeah. at the University of Maryland. At the university, yeah. So how, how did that go? Uh, that was more like um, it, the, I mean I didn't know much about stuff I mean yeah. I knew about I knew stuff about computers but I didn't know much about storage like iSCSI and stuff like that oh, yeah, yeah. and people I mean even basic things like people wanted help with their like upgrading their browser and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. so I was like cool okay and it, it paid really well it was an on-campus job we okay. did all kinds of odd jobs sort of you know, yeah. hardware, software, everything. Yeah. Uh, we were building a, they used to have these frequent talks at the university. Mm -hmm. So we were building like a calendar base, uh, you know, to, we wow. were writing a program in PHP sort of to mm. take in the information from them in J and convert it to JSON format, <laughs> write a PHP code to sort of parse it out and then um, have these um, ICS, the calendar, iCalendar uh, formats and yeah. then so that people could just download and put it on their calendar about right. all these talks. Right. So that's what I did there. Cool. But you were only there for five months and then you're yeah. a junior cloud engineer intern at Reen Cloud? Yeah, Are that's another there? startup. That that's was another, another start. startup. <laughs> okay. uh, I did a cloud computing course. Oh, we did okay. a lot of uh, Amazon Web Services stuff there. Yeah. And this was a this was a company which had just just started up, yeah. and they were like building um, private clouds for uh, for people, and they were also doing like 
sort of back-end analysis of what was going on in the private clouds. Yeah. So we would build out VPCs for these customers. Okay. And at the back-end, we would sort of use these uh, tools called Stack Aware, Stack Driver and Cloud Aware, I think. Yeah. yeah okay. Those two tools, we used to use them to monitor the cloud usage by yeah. these people. I know Amazon has its own cloud watch and stuff, yeah. but we were also monitoring using these tools and telling them, hey, you're actually losing out so much money because you're not doing this efficiently. So why yeah. don't you try this option? Yeah. And and uh, sometimes there used to be like all these um, back batch processing kind of things. So yeah. like the, the, there used to not be enough uh, bandwidth for some applications to be uh, deployed or whatever. Yeah. So that time we used to tell them, see, you can upgrade it like this and mm -hmm. you can do this. Next time this happens, you can try this out. So yeah. that's what we were doing there. Oh. And so was that paid or was that another? Intern? It was paid. That yeah. was a paid one. Okay. And then from there. Okay. So, so you're still up in... Uh, Maryland at that point. Yes. Right? And so you're working there and you graduate, you got mm -hmm. your telecommunications degree, and then you get hired at Cumulus, but Cumulus is down here. Yes, in RTB. Yeah, and so, so how, A, how did you get hired at Cumulus, and then what was the decision about moving moving down here? What was okay, here? so when I graduated, I applied to like a lot of different jobs. Yeah. Like I didn't just go for one uh, domain, I went for a lot of them. Yeah. I got like, I think I got like another one at uh, uh, Qualcomm for Android programming. Okay. I got another one at Spiren for a DevOps intern. Uh, I was really into dev. I mean, I was really interested with, about DevOps yeah. at that point, but I don't know. I just felt like it was very expensive. It was in Calabasas, and it was very expensive out there. Yeah. And I wasn't gonna earn that much to like sustain <laughs> everything. So I was like, okay, yeah. I'm not taking up that. But yeah. Cumulus, I took because I was um, really interested in OpenStack at that point. Okay. Like it was, it was almost like a fantasy for me for like uh, because I had I had not done much. OpenStack in college. I had just read about it and I used to go to these meetups where people used to talk about it and yeah. all the awesome things it could do. Yeah. And uh, Cumulus, they were they had uh, given me a position where I was supposed to develop the ML2 plugin okay. for the Neutron, the networking piece of OpenStack oh, okay. um, using Cumulus Linux, which was, Cumulus Linux also was very new to me and was yeah. a very, uh, you know, new concept. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I think this will be a really great opportunity in all aspects. Like I'll get to see, I'll get to work with Linux, I'll get yeah. to work with networking, I'll mm -hmm. get to do some cloud computing in OpenStack. Yeah. So I think that kind of motivated me to take it up. Okay. Um, it was just, and it also it was a startup. So I thought, you know, I'll be, my role will be huge. I'll do yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I worked there for about four Three months, maybe three yeah, months, yeah. and then I was so I had to get my work visa, right? And I wasn't um, sure they weren't going to give me a full time. Huh, so okay. and because I mean, otherwise I would just continued there probably. So I was oh. like, you know what? I think my visa right now is more important. <laughs> maybe okay. I can always go back to them. So I switched out from there. Oh, I see. So so that was actually because of the work visa. Yes. That's why. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Okay. And then that's that's when you got hired at Cisco. Cisco. Yes. Yeah. So did Cisco worry at all? Because I mean, like normally when I look at people's resumes, you know, it's, you know, they've only been somewhere a year. Mm -hmm. And like you, it's like four months, Hot five February. months, three months. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did, did, how did Cisco seem to feel about that when you got hired? Um, they weren't too concerned. They weren't um, too concerned yeah. So the thing is, these were not my full-time jobs, right? They were yeah. all internships. They were all part-time jobs. Yeah. It was never like I've done a 
a full time job and i've like quit it so many yeah, times okay. um and i think i got like really good recommendations from cumulus network so oh, they were pretty yeah. happy to take me in and yeah. and they, i was working in a very relevant field yeah. uh like i had done open stack and uh cisco wanted me to work on aci and open stack so it was very oh, close okay, yeah. um and also i had a good programming background i had a good linux background yeah. um i knew my networking like i i pretty much had prepared for ccna at that point itself yeah, so okay. uh they did the interview and they were very happy they said cool yeah. you know you i'm sure you love aci and yeah. you know i think they knew <laughs> they would keep me or something so cool. they took me in so then, so I mean, you've got this telecommunications engineering degree, mm -hmm. so, but the work that you're doing is what you're actually doing more stuff you've learned on your own, or is yes. this stuff you learned in That's college? That's actually true. That's very yeah. true. Really? Okay. Uh, like I, like I said, I learned a lot of wireless in my telecom degree, yeah. and I did like one course in cloud computing. That was it. Okay, I, yeah. I didn't even do SDN or anything. Yeah. But right now, I'm doing a lot of um, networking and SDN and uh, cloud too yeah. and I think it was like I said I think it's all because of uh, my own like me trying out hands-on yeah. more than me studying something okay. because you can read all these things on the internet about so many things right but yeah. the at the end of the day what can you actually do can you write a code for that can you make it work yeah. can you deploy it what can you do with it that's that's when you actually get a feel for it yeah. and the capabilities that it has you can only know when you actually make it work yeah, okay. so otherwise it's just it's just theory right yeah, okay yeah. this can do these many things but do you really know that do you know yeah. how well it can do that yeah. so i think um, it i think it's more like i've learned these things and try to deploy it uh, within whatever capacity i had and yeah. that's how i landed the job too i think that works so do you think if you had to do it over again would you have still gone for a telecommunications degree or would you have gone for computer science or engineering um I think I would have definitely gone for computer science yeah, okay, only yeah. because coming out as a computer science graduate you yeah. have a lot more uh, career opportunities yeah, people yeah. like like just <laughs> hire you like that whereas yeah, for yeah. telecom they're like what is telecom what do you even study in that <laughs> so I think I would have definitely done computer science yeah. but I'm not I don't regret it because I think I know so much more now yeah. and it's so easy to learn coding right it's it's not too hard nowadays there yeah. are so many courses out there there's so yeah. many platforms where you don't have to go through the complex process of writing code from scratch yeah. they give you like this platform where you can just start writing uh, developing apps and writing code it's very easy nowadays yeah. so i don't really i didn't really need the four years of uh, teaching me how to code yeah. right yeah. so i'm i'm pretty okay with the fact that i did telecom it gave me yeah. an insight into so many other things and now even though I might be a jack of all, master of none, yeah. I do know a lot of things, so oh, it's well, good. Cool. And then, so now that you're working at Cisco, so you've worked at a lot of, you've done internships at like big companies and stuff, you're working mm -hmm. at Cisco, and you've also done startup. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel, like, if you didn't have to worry about visa issues, would you target startup or would you target enterprise? Or I think you... for visa issues, it has to be a big company okay, um, to, because yeah. you, they just have so many lawyers. It's so much yeah. more safer. They've done it so many times and they had the budget to do it for you. Okay. Whereas a startup, like you're not sure. They, they like, are you valuable enough to them that they'll sponsor you? They'll spend that money on you. Mm. You're not sure. Yeah, okay. So I think it should definitely be a big company. And that's kind of sad because I don't think that should be a limiting factor in you trying to choose a career, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's how it is right now, so, yeah. yeah. Oh.
So I guess the final question is, mm -hmm. since I think we've come to everything, is so if you had the option to stay in the U.S. forever or go back, like what's the longest you'd want to stay in the U.S., do you figure? Yeah, that's a very <laughs> difficult question <laughs> to answer yeah, because yeah. I really don't know. Okay. At this point, I'm really excited about technology and yeah. doing the latest things, latest and the greatest things, yeah. uh, sort of. And I just, I just want to be doing stuff and, you know, finding happiness out of that, yeah. you know, sort of. Um, uh, I, I really don't know if geographically it, it matters or not if I stay here or in India because I think in both places you can create opportunity wherever you go yeah. and I think India is very technologically forward too it's yeah. not going to be hard at all to yeah. find a great job there so I mean at this point I really don't know like yeah. it all depends on how my work goes and where it takes me yeah. it's all up to my work I think right. well I guess that would be the so being from India, being from the other side of the world, you know, everybody talks about like the shift of power and the shift of technology is mm -hmm. moving. Do you, do you actually feel that? Like, do you, would you feel that in 20 years it's reasonable to think that the next Silicon Valley will actually be somewhere over there instead of being in the US? It's very possible. Yeah. When I graduated, I was applying to all these jobs and yeah. the companies, every single company I applied to had one office in Bangalore and one office here in San Francisco. <laughs> okay. And every time I applied, they were like, so you're from Bangalore, right? Do you want a job in Bangalore? I was like, no, I want a job in San Francisco. Like, uh, okay. So, and even, even here, right? If, even at my present workplace, yeah. they have outsourced so much work to India yeah. and we wait on them to give us so much of results and stuff like that. So okay. it's very possible, like I wouldn't be surprised at all. Okay, cool, cool. Well, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great. So this is uh, Shrania Prasad, um, Solutions Test Engineer at Cisco. Uh, yet another interview done down here at the INE in Durham. As always, I enjoy doing this interview and look forward to seeing you guys in the next one.